listening to Downworlder Dish, a Shadowhunter Chronicles podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 76, where we will be discussing chapter 17 of a Clockwork Angel, Call the Darkness Down. I'm Kristen. I'm Robin. And I'm Amanda. Okay, so I had to record a video for work today, like a tutorial for our stores, and mm-hmm. I did like two takes or something like that, and maybe it was more, because I feel... Anyway, it doesn't matter. On my takes, every time I wanted to start out and be like, hello, everyone. And I'm like, no, (laughs) (laughs) this is a work tutorial. This is not a podcast. I am not Kristen. (laughs) (laughs) So I kept catching myself every time. And I'd be like, hi, (laughs) this is Amanda. No. (laughs) Hey, guys. Welcome to my channel. (laughs) (laughs) Click subscribe. Yes, exactly. Smash that like button. <laughs> oh, God. I hate that. <laughs> you, you, you name the tutorial some, like, weird clickbaity shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you won't believe what happens. Yes. Wait till the end. <laughs> oh, my God. Transformation. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh. Well, on lighter news, not that that was heavy, but Robin chopped off her hair, and I'm just super impressed. Yeah. I can't believe I you did free. it. Uh-huh. Well, my hair grows freakishly fast. Mm-hmm. So I figured if I didn't like it, it would be long again in, like, two months. Yeah. This is true. <laughs> this is true. So um, the only thing I don't. I don't know if I like or not is um, the way my undercut is now. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know if I like it What's or not. What's the difference? Because it, it's only half instead of, because it was at like a triangle. Uh-huh. And now it's just the bottom half because it was, my hair so thin you could see through the back of it. Crazy. Oh, wow. That's a sentence you've never uttered in your entire life. Yeah. I know there was so much hair on the floor. I bet. Do you feel it like lighter? Crazy. And I didn't even take that much off. Crazy. Like inch wise. Right. I didn't take that much off. There's just so many of them. <laughs> and they're so thick. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Well, and I'm missing half my hair anyway. So. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. I mean, I was nervous because um, the way. So. Okay. I got like baby highlights put in. Mm-hmm. I'm going back for more color. And then she had to use a round brush. Because that's what hairstylists do to dry it. So that way she could thin it out and uh-huh. use, because she cut it with a razor. Mm-hmm. And the way she dried it looked so like <laughs> Karen to the power of 10. Because <laughs> this is I was kind so of a, nervous. This is considered and then a pixie cut, Karen right? to the 10th power. I like it. Hmm? When I was Googling, it was a long pixie yeah, cut. Yeah, okay. Mm. What I was Googling. Trying to let but I don't picture know what, it. <laughs> I don't know what, like, constitutes as a pixie cut, because it's at my chin. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I would say I'd post a picture, but I don't. <laughs> You're not those, into it? Those pictures you sent us the other day are so cute. It looks so cute. And I love the yeah. braid yeah. you have. Maybe I'll do it. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll, uh. You're a beautiful know. butterfly. Anyway, now I keep telling my kid every time that she does something that I don't like that if she keeps it up, I'm going to have to speak to her manager. Oh, God. <laughs> you were going to say that. 
It's like, if you don't stop, then I'm going to need to speak to your manager. Poor you, because you are her manager. <laughs> I know. Oh, my God. She's Crazy. so embarrassed, and there's nobody home except us. Right. <laughs> and she's like, um, hey, Mom, could you, like, not cut your hair like that again? Thanks. <gasps> uh, <laughs> you're like, bitch, I'm about to shave my head. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and tattoo Watch Adriana's me. mom on the back of it, motherfucker. Watch me. Oh, that's like, like when, when Bren told you not to come pick her up in shorts anymore. Oh, my God. I was so annoyed. <laughs> She's like, could you not show us so much leg when you come to pick me up from school? And I was like, mind you, she was like seven. Okay. <laughs> she was not old enough to like be making these requests. Okay. It's not like she's in high school. She's seven. Oh, my gosh. I'm and just I was impressed like, you no, got bitch. out of your car. <laughs> Well, I got out of my car because I had been gone for a week. I had been on vacation on a girl's trip and I came home and I was like, well, I want to pick her up from school. I haven't seen her in five days. And so I go and I'm waiting for it and I'm wearing like, cause I came from Texas. I'm wearing shorts and like a tank top or whatever. She's like, mom, could you not? <laughs> I'm like, I'm picking your ass up in shorts every fucking day. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we may or may not have shared that story before, but it's worth repeating if we did. It's great. 100%. That shit is fire. Yeah. That was a Roseanne episode once, too. They wore, like, overalls or something to go pick up their kids because they were embarrassed and, like, lipstick yeah. around, like, really big. Oh, yeah. On their teeth that's, and stuff. It was great. That's something that Jason and I would do. Yeah. 100%. I feel like Jason would be the guy that's, like, wears the cutoff shorts. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, he Absolutely. Don't worry. Uh-huh. He'll tell you you don't even have to ask. He's got great legs. <laughs> <laughs> He does. Every once in a while, he'll put on my yoga pants and just walk into the living room and, and like, strut around. And he's like, damn, these make my ass look good. <laughs> oh, Dude, my God. There is no way Omar could fit into my pants. They would literally just fall right <laughs> off of him. Not yoga pants. I think they'd fit. Not any pants of mine. <laughs> oh, yoga pants. He's a medium. <laughs> okay, he is a very skinny motherfucker. He is. I wear like a men's double XL. No. <laughs> oh my god. So, um, Amanda slipped me into the slippery slope of TikTok. No. And there Crocs? was this video that we were watching on the TV. Because Audrey and her friend were over, and it was like, if you can touch your hands together, like, and then you, like, step your legs, and so you put your hands behind Uh your back, basically, and step your legs into it. And then if you can stand up straight with your hands still looped, then apparently you have a flat butt. Okay. So then everybody had to try it, right? Uh Uh-huh. And um, Audrey's like, now you, mom. And I'm like, dude, I can't even reach my hands together. (laughs) Like, behind my legs. There's two things working against me. T-Rex arms. And the second one is my German heritage. Big booty hoes. I am too, too stocky European for this. Okay? You're like, I'm not 50% potato. I'm 50% schnitzel. 
food. <laughs> it's still a carb. <laughs> oh my gosh. Too much. I love it. <laughs> I haven't been doing anything really interesting except my daughter for the first time in seven years has gone back to a normal hair color. <laughs> I'm so disappointed. <laughs> she looked like Did she you really liked talk it. talk about keeping it so you don't have to like bleach over it and stuff? Hmm? Did you give her the talk about keeping it so you don't have to bleach over it and everything? Nah, I'll do whatever she wants. She's got okay. so much hair, it doesn't matter. Even if she fried half of it off, you wouldn't even be able to tell. Yeah, I mean, she's your She's got robin, robin hair. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she's mine. Uh, she certainly did not get that from my, my gene pool. <laughs> Definitely not. Except I call her. What? I call her Brenda Lynn, though. Oh, yeah. she needs a long name. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of Gwendolyn, it'd be Brendolyn. <laughs> oh, my God. No, you know what? In fact, I just fucking fed into the machine because I saw a fucking ad on YouTube about J-Lo's hair shit. And okay. I was like, I got thin hair. And it's all it is is basically Rogaine. Right. It, it's that's moxidil or whatever the fucking compound is or whatever. That's what the drops are. It's basically fucking Rogaine. And okay. so I bought some. So I'm waiting for it to get well, here. Tell we'll me see how if it, it works. Goes. I will. I'm like, I'm balding in the back. Like, <laughs> I'm about to lose a bunch more as soon as I have this baby. Right. Everybody knows what is that. that? <laughs> what the fuck is that? You're like, I gave you life. I did all of this for you. And then I have you and my body is fucking, I'm basically the grip keeper. Yeah. I have no hair. My skin's saggy because you're gone and you stretched me all out. Yep. I have an insatiable hunger that I can't avoid. Like, Absolutely. I remember and Robin and I would eat out. No sleep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Circles under your eyes. <laughs> I could eat like double my normal portions. Seriously. Right? <laughs> oh my gosh. It's crazy. Fucking kids, yep. man. It's true. So I need hair stuff. So let me know. My mom wore a wig at the end of like, that's how bad our hair gets. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so no, fine. I feel you. I'll let you know if it works. Yeah. Although like <laughs> the reason I wanted the drops instead of like the, like shampoo or whatever because yeah. they have like all those things is because I because I had to do research right because I'm a nerd and it was like be careful not to get like the shampoo and stuff like around your neck and like on your back because you could like just start growing hair there <laughs> I was like um <laughs> drops it is <laughs> on mine and Robin's face that was amazing <laughs> you suddenly oh, look like my brother <laughs> just like our Norwegian ridgeback like just <laughs> oh my <gosh>. Jesus okay <laughs> I already have to shave my rogue chin hair I wouldn't want to do it anywhere else same man they didn't tell you when you turn 30 you start growing facial hair that's what I just said the other day. That's so funny. Literally those same words. Okay. What do you guys say? We cut the chit chat and kick things off with Robin's recap. Previously on 
Downworld or Dish. Tessa comes flying out of a room like chitty chitty bang bang. She's on a mission to find her bro jam. Of course, she has to run into Jessamine, who is a complete trash bag as per usual. <laughs> as we've seen in every chapter of this book, luck strikes and Tessa is in exactly the right place at the right time to run into Thomas, who tells her that he's found Nate cowering behind the curtain in the drawing room. <laughs> Tessa goes to comfort him and they start to do a load of laundry. That is to air out their dirty laundry. And of course, they're interrupted by Will. Tessa takes him into the hall and they have a passionate conversation that leads to the most awkward of moments where they're talking about Jim when his ninja ass pulls up behind them wearing plus 10 souls of silence. <laughs> Jim, ever the gentleman, pretends like he didn't hear what he most certainly did. And the rest of the shadow hunters arrive and they make their way into the drawing room to talk to Nate about what he knows. Nate goes into his Marvel origin story <laughs> and tells him about how he found his mother's diary in this jewelry box he tried to pilferage that led him to seeking out Mortmain and making the journey to London after his blackmail attempts eluded him. He was quickly sucked into the lure of the shadow world in the Pandemonium Club, where he lost all his money and his job, leaving him a poor, leaving him poor and desperate. He decided to sell his sister to De Quincey to settle his gambling debts, and surprise, surprise, the plan backfired. <laughs> paving the way to the events that happened at the beginning of our book. Nate is able to scrape back some of his rep by telling the shadow hunters that he can show them where De Quincey's secret hideout is, because guess what? The clockwork army is supposed to rise tonight! (laughs) (laughs) That was good. That was a good one. (laughs) I wrote that while I was literally eating dinner. I got potato on my keyboard. (laughs) Oh, I love that. I love that about us. That we're so honest about this shit. We're like, no, 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 that really happened. You gotta know. (laughs) Yeah, it's still on here, actually. Ooh, leftovers. (laughs) Are you gonna eat it? It made me stop recording. The potato bit. Should I stop mine? No, I stopped. When I said, ooh, a potato, it stopped. Oh my gosh, that's funny. I was like, should I stop too? (laughs) Don't do it. Oh my God. All right. So after Jem's lunar bomb, Charlotte dashes out of the room to notify the enclave, muttering fuck, fuck, fuckity fuck as she hurries down the corridor. I mean, we've all been there, right? Your head hits the pillow and just as you're about to drift off to sleep, your eyes fly open and you realize tonight is the full moon. Like a woman possessed, or a woman trying not to be possessed, you're up and running around the house collecting all your supplies until you're out of breath and juggling an armful of crystals, an abalone shell, three different kinds of incense, a sound bowl, and a pocket full of salt. You balance a jar of water between your chin and your cleavage as you attempt to open the back door. But wait, where the fuck is your feather? Shit, shit, shit. It happens to the best of us. The full moon's a sneaky bitch. All right? Yeah. Totally. <laughs> Wait, is that just me? <laughs> oh, okay. Was it a squirrel? I don't know. Was it was a squirrel? <laughs> uh, no, the problem was that I, I had missed the full moon and then the squirrel. <laughs> don't you know? <laughs> Anywho. 
While Charlotte is alerting the troops, uh, Nate points out the general vicinity okay. of De Quincey's house in Chelsea, which I'm guessing is like a super posh area. Is that? Okay. I don't know. I am uncultured West Coast uh, swine. I was so. listening what Chelsea to boots are. a song today. <laughs> uh, that's it. That's all I got. Oh, hold on. Tell me why. Okay, really quick while you do that, I'm going to tell you my story that kind of sounds like what you were just saying about the full moon. So, okay, my husband's friend parked a car on our street while he was out of town because um, he lives in an apartment. So Uh I asked Andy, when do you think your friend's coming home? And he was like, I don't know, whatever. Literally that night, (laughs) it's like 1130 at night, our alarm starts going off, our house alarm. And my husband jumps into action. He's so smart. He goes, he looks over the railing and sees that it's Ryan. Like, it's no big deal. Ryan's just standing in the house like this because he has a key to our house. (laughs) And he tried to call Andy. Didn't think we'd be asleep that early because we're, you know, we're old now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And so then Andy deals with it. He's like, it's fine. It's just Ryan. Turn off the alarm, whatever. And he goes down and helps Ryan get because his keys were, his car keys were in the house. Mm -hmm. And, um... (laughs) I'm literally just walking around our bedroom. Like, I felt like I was in a Sims game. Like, I didn't know what I was doing. (laughs) Literally, like, my phone's in my hand, and I'm just walking around. I have no idea what's going on. It was, I was like, I really need to step up my game in case that ever happens when Andy's (laughs) home. You're like, fuck. Just wondering. It's not important. No idea what's going on. It's a song. It's by Johnny Mercer. It's called Personality. And there's a line in the song that says, men who wear their spats right. Okay. And thanks to you, now I know what that means. Oh, my God. It was like, we've gone full circle. (laughs) Thanks to Google. Anyway, I don't know why you saying (laughs) Chelsea Boots made me think of that. I love that. But it did. I love that. All right. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, okay. So real quick, I want to note that Nate tells Henry that they'll have to be careful when approaching De Quincey's hideout. And honestly, like there's so many what the fuck moments in this chapter for me, especially in my section. I'm like, why is nobody acting like normal humans? Like, I don't know what's happening, but like, so Nate, we're supposed to believe that Nate has just like accepted that the shadow hunters are legit. Um, and now he's like concerned for their safety when yep. by all accounts, Nate's a singular, singularly selfish individual. So where's the self-serving angle? Like, why would he care? It definitely seems like he turned around really fast. Cause I, there's a part in my section where he's kind of like canoodling, not really, but like 1800 style canoodling with Jessamine. And right. I'm like, I thought he didn't like shadow hunters. Like, why would he be so close with this girl? It's just exactly. weird. Yeah. Like just flipping a switch. Uh-huh. That doesn't make any sense because even though it's right. been a week since we talked about last chapter, like those, <laughs> there's no time in between those chapters. Like he was just freaking out on Thomas like 30 minutes ago. Yeah. Trying what to is leave. happening? Escape. Yeah. 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 I don't know. It's something seems moon. weird, but none of the people are acting normal. So I don't mm-hmm. know. It's true. Yes. Oh, that makes sense. 
And I know that you guys are laughing at me, but it really does make sense now. When I was a kid, my mom used to take a basket out to a full moon so we could fill it with money because that's what you do. So don't worry. I don't think you're too crazy. (laughs) (laughs) When you had to say like some rhyme, a chant probably of some kind about fill my basket with money. I don't remember. So it's fine. (laughs) You're like, I grew up with it. It's normal. You have to do the werewolf person. I literally look for a basket. Like, (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. exactly. That's why they're all on edge. They're nervous about what the person slash wolves are gonna do. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I wonder if if that is a thing. Like, I wonder if it's similar to what's that movie, The Purge? You know. So when Mm -hmm. it's a full moon, everyone's just kind of like, let's just stay inside tonight. It's safer that way. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. Oh. Don't what movie? The Purge. It's terrible. It's oh yeah. It's not great. No. Jason even watches the fucking TV show. I think it's finished now. I don't know. That's good. There's a movie coming out now. To another one. Where the Purge is all the time. Like it's just never ending now. Yeah. I don't. No, it's crazy. It's we got, literally we crazy. understood the concept with the first one. We don't need <laughs> six more. Yeah. And a TV show. It's unnecessary. We get it's it. Crazy. People have yeah. free license to kill people. Anyway. Okay. So the hunters of shadows go their separate ways to gather weapons and whatever else they'll need for the takedown of De Quincey. Leaving uh, Tessa, Nate, and Jessamine to twiddle their thumbs, basically. So a human, a shadow hunter, and a possible warlock uh, <laughs> are sitting in a drawing room. The human asks what's going on, or the human asks what's going to happen. The shadow hunter flirts, and the possible warlock explains and placates the human. Sound familiar? <laughs> I'm fairly certain that this has happened before, or will happen in the future, right? <laughs> like Simon, Jace, Magnus. Like Yeah, the future. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> so Nate's a jump scare away from pissing himself um at this at the thought of the three of them being left alone in the institute. So he's swinging right back to the scared. So and Jasmine right Jasmine like slides into his line of vision (laughs) to explain that of course they won't be alone Jeb and Will are staying behind as well and according to Jasmine who was eavesdropping on the boys in the weapon room um sidebar sidebar (laughs) that is so fucking Jasmine like talk about on brand Anyway, she overheard that they're not allowed to go because Benedict, light a dick and watch it burn, uh, has been telling everybody that'll listen that the in- that involving the inexperienced underage shadow hunters is the reason the first attempt to catch De Quincey was such a fucking shit sandwich. He's like, they're the problem. We need to leave them out of this. And they're the younger generation. And we knew- we're the ones it's that need to weird. be taking the risk. That's the dad, right? What? Is the other one's just a few months older. Fucking Gabriel, trademark pending. No, Benedict, that's the dad. Oh, right, right, right. And Jessamine fucking Gabriel, duh. Right, and and Jessamine does 
note that she thinks it's because Benedict wants um, Gabriel to stay home, even though he is of age, he's still too young. So he's going to stay home because he doesn't want him dealing with it. Like, because he's being protective of him. But like, it's one of those things to me. It's like, if you're okay, for instance, if your kid's immature at 15 Mm -hmm. and eight months, nothing is going to magically change when they turn 16. It's not the end all be all where they're going to be mature enough to handle these decisions and stuff. We all know that like they're on the cusp. They're on the edge of 17. Mm -hmm. I'm just kidding. I just wanted to say it. Just 17. Oh, (laughs) anyway, they're on the cusp of like being full fledged shadow hunters. It just seems silly. Silly. Yeah, it does. It definitely does to me, too, because I don't know. But at the same time, like they're children. They should be staying behind. I don't know. Anyway, I think that they have to save their um, their next generation. Generation. <laughs> we won't. Won't get the shadow hunters. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. All right. So both Nate and Tessa seem shocked by this information. But before either of them can dig any deeper, um, a godlike magnetic presence pulls every being with a heartbeat's eyes to the door where Thomas, in all his wondrous, handsome glory, stands holding a pile of Jem's old clothes. <laughs> that was very dramatic. <laughs> That's because I'm out of breath from getting up and opening that door. <laughs> I know I am 100% not picturing Thomas, how he is supposed to look, but I'm cool with it. Yep. Well, I mean, he's hot. I've decided. By the way, she describes... No, I'm picturing him more like tall, dark, and handsome. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. really? I I feel like he's going to be a, li- a little dumb. But maybe that's yeah, but just... sweet. Exactly. So it doesn't matter. Exactly. I don't care. I just... Mm-hmm. That's how yeah. I imagine his personality. And you're just like, you're pretty. Right? <laughs> now pick me up. <laughs> That's what I would do. Yeah. That's great. uh, Okay. I'm reading. That's right. That's why I opened my book to the correct page, you guys. Got distracted by Thomas. (laughs) Rippling (laughs) muscles. Like Ernest Hemingway. Because he does more than draw runes. He scrubs blood from the floors. <laughs> Poor thing. From the flagstones. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So this is the interaction, which is funny. And I like it. So I'm reading it. Okay. These are old things of Master Gems, he said to Nate, looking slightly embarrassed. It looks like you might be about the same size. And, well, you ought to have something to wear. If you'll accompany me back to your room, we can see if they fit. Jessamine rolled her eyes. Tessa wasn't sure why. Perhaps she thought castoffs weren't good enough for Nate. Thank you, Thomas, Nate said, rising to his feet. And, uh, I must tender my apologies for my earlier behavior. When I, uh, hid from you. 
I must have been feverish. That's the only explanation. Thomas flushed. Just doing my job, sir. (laughs) Dude. You're not fooling nobody. Yeah. (laughs) What? I hate it when people do shit like that. It like makes my skin crawl. I'm like, dude, you just, you're, it, this is, we all know what's happening. We, let's just be honest. Stop doing <laughs> Wouldn't it this. be more awkward to talk about it? Like, I was afraid of you guys. Sorry. It's, I feel better now. Don't say anything. Obviously. That's fair. <laughs> like, like Thomas wasn't going to say Just let it anything. go. Everyone else did. Right. Yeah, exactly. Act like my family. Just pretend like it never happened. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Truce. You got a rug in there somewhere. (sighs) Sweep it underneath. Right? (laughs) Like that 911 call Uncle Albert made. (laughs) I said, what did I say to you? This is not the hill I'm going to die on. And you haven't heard that before either. Yeah, I'd never heard that. <gasps> oh. oh, oh, oh! Words that I can't say. You know, we have more sophisticated sayings like "the tables for glasses, not for." <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was going to be. Don't sit on the damn coffee table. Terry's business. God <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn it! <laughs> Yeah, you make a better door than a window there, kiddo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, anyway. Um, <clears throat> yeah, no. <laughs> the one that always got me, by the way, is they're like, want in one hand, shit in the other. See which one gets filled up first. I'm not going to shit in my own hand. It's obviously want. <laughs> well, and I obviously want more than I can shit in this moment. That makes so, like, what? fuck you. I've... I never heard my parents say anything like that to me. My grandpa was from Kentucky, so I don't know. <laughs> no. uh, I got that one a lot. Oh, okay. that's dark. Okay. Um, so Tessa calls out to Nate before he leaves with Thomas and is like, yo, there's literally nothing for a human to do at the Institute other than read and not the kind with pictures that you love so much. So you're probably better off just sleeping, you know, recuperating in your room alone where you can't embarrass me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but Nate's not into it. There's a pretty rich lady paying attention to him, and besides, he's hungry. Jessamine's been chomping at the bit and seizes the opportunity to show Nate she's wifey material uh, and suggests a game of cards uh, and a light lunch when he returns from changing his clothes. Which, so once out of... She's not making no lunch? Huh? What? She's not making no lunch? No, she's, she's gonna, gonna have no, Agatha. She, she's going to arrange. She's gonna order lunch. She's gonna arrange yeah. a lunch, which is the rich wifely duties. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, I'll tell somebody else to make you a sandwich. <laughs> See, it's no. funny when I say it. It's not funny when you say it, guys. <laughs> Hmm. 
Uh, bu- 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 okay, so once Nate's out of earshot, Tessa turns to Jessamine and she asks the question we're all thinking. Like, cards? It's not a secret <laughs> that Nate has a gambling problem, dude. Like, what the fuck? Do you want him to marry you and spend all your fucking money and leave you in the poorhouse? That's what I was thinking. Like, short-sighted much? Like, what? He just told you a story about stealing his mo- his mother's dead mother jewelry, his dead mother's jewelry from his aunt to hawk it. Yeah. I mean, do you think they're going to be betting while they're playing go fish though? It's I think it's just the whole like you know, if you're if just, you're recovering from alcohol, you don't have a drink at lunch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's fair. Do you think that means he can't play Yahtzee, too? Because it's just like... I feel like... Um, that's dice and not cards, maybe. Yeah, They're playing against each other. Competition. I think as long as there's no wager. Okay. I but, think he's addicted to cards, is what it was sounding like. Not yeah. necessarily mm-hmm. like... He's not playing roulette. Right. And not to mention the fact that... All of this, like his gambling and being in debt to the bad people, is what got Tessa from fucking New York to London in the hands of abusers. Yep. What? I'd be like, no, you're not allowed. Look what you did. (laughs) Look what you did. You rub his nose in it. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Like play chess. (laughs) Like that's cool. Right. Yeah. It doesn't have to be They cards. probably had that back then, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. So, Chinese checkers. Maybe she knows he likes them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. she's trying to appeal to, she wants him to like her. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, feeling cornered, Jasmine, oh, shit. My computer went dark. <laughs> <laughs> feeling cornered, Jasmine strikes out exactly where she knows it'll hurt a certain Mr. Herondale. She says, quote, you think I haven't seen you looking at Will with puppy dog eyes? Damn. And to add insult to injury, Jasmine reiterates how shitty Tessa looks before flouncing off to see to Nate's lunch. <sighs> so annoying. Look, and, and I know, like, this fucks Tessa up a little bit. She's like, oh, she knows. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and I look like shit. Right. But, like, (laughs) Jessamine, can you at least pretend to be a good person? Can we get a little bit of humanity from you? Or do you have to be a dickhead all the time? The thing is, if Charlotte wasn't Charlotte, they would have shipped her somewhere else, like, to Idris or something. Be grateful. Well, and how, like, isn't she almost on the verge of being able to choose her own life anyway? Right. Yeah, she's about the same age as them, isn't she? Have yeah, yeah, she's age? she's still, I think she's the same okay. age as Tessa. Okay. But, but it's, like, just keep. Yeah, it's not like they're forcing her to do anything. They're not treating uh-huh. her poorly. Yeah. They're not forcing her to, like, go off and battle. They let her just kind of stay in the house and like do whatever she really wants. Yes. Like, I mean, okay, honestly, they wanted her to read newspapers. Is she allowed to leave though? Like if she was just like, I'm dipping bye. I got money. I'm going to buy my own townhouse. I don't think so. 
Because I think she's like a ward of the Institute. Okay. Until she's 18. Well, she doesn't want to live alone right. anyway. Right. Because it would be improper. But she was saying that mm-hmm. she she could live with Tessa, which maybe that means that she could if she like really put her foot down, I guess. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Right. Because it sounds like she does have access to her own money. Uh-huh. It doesn't sound like anybody's. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like a, what am I trying to say, a trust or something like right. that. Right. So Tessa sort of lets Jessamine's shit get to her, at least enough to go back to her room and splash some water on her face and, like, brush her hair out. But that's about it. Then she's like, no, she's a dick. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I got to go handle the shit. So Tessa, <laughs> Tessa's leaving her room, and she runs into Will, literally. Okay, so he's loaded down with weapons and shit that we need to discuss. I'm going to read you from the book so we can discuss this point because I have questions. Okay, quote, across his back hung a long, thin blade. She could see the hilt of it just over his shoulder. Thrust through his belt were several long, thin, white serif blades. End quote. Okay. Had they not invented retractable tubes yet? Or was that something that was abandoned after book one? And no one wants to admit. Nobody wants (laughs) to talk about the lightsaber serif blades. Right. Uh Uh-huh. But, like, why is it still a thing? Like, I know that's how they were described in City of Bones, but can we just pretend like it didn't happen? Right. That seems like what's happening. Yeah. But it's on the wiki. Like, that's how they're, there's a picture of it on the I wiki know. popping out oh, of the tube. Yeah. And I just don't get it. It's more times in these books has it been referred to as a serif blade that just is a sword made of atomus, basically. Mm-hmm. Right? It has been referred to as that more times than it has been the tubey thing. Well, and the thing is, there's so many different. Obviously, we'll get into it later, mm-hmm. like in Dark Artifices and everything else. But people have like their weapon, right? And it's mm-hmm. like, I'm a specialist in this. And like Izzy has the the Electrum Whip and um, mm-hmm. Alec has the bow mm-hmm. or whatever. So obviously, you know, the tips of Alec's arrows have to be made of Atomus. Right. right. Otherwise, they can't kill demons. So mm-hmm. why would you have it? So if you're like um, the Shaka Khans that Hodge had. Mm-hmm. Yes. So those are not all fitting in these tubes, right? Like they're not all retractable into these tubes, right? Right. So it just seems silly that that like a dagger thing would well, be. Well, the thing put is, it's like else. I could see Jace with like a freaking dagger shoved in his boot, right? Yeah. Uh huh. Or even totally. Clary doing that. And it's like she's like, hold on, hold on, wait a minute. I need to open my Leatherman so I can stab you. Right. Just a moment. Take off the protective barrier. I don't know. Can we petition to um, end it? Yeah. (laughs) We can. Write a petition. Write it up. I'll sign it. Crap. Crap. What? My computer is not responding. My finger. It's still recording. I can see it in the background, but it won't let me click on the application. 
so I'm di- who says application uh-huh. who says application this is like when Robin and I were ordering food in a drive through and this bitch orders a coca-cola <laughs> and I start dying laughing in the drive through <laughs> it was the best in fact I talked about it last night oh my god <laughs> who did you say that to Andy yeah, well, I already told him the story, but we were watching some TV show like The Food That Built America or something, and it was about Coke. And um, so I just, for some reason, they were just saying Coca-Cola, and I just started messing up <laughs> laughing really hard. So I had to explain myself. It was so awkward <laughs> at that drive-thru, too. <laughs> it was. I didn't know what yeah. I wanted, even though I'd been there a thousand times, and I knew what I was going to end up getting. Just Burgerville. Yep. <laughs> Same thing every time. <coughs> oh, man. And I'll have a... Coca-Cola. A drink, I'll have a Coca-Cola. <laughs> and then the lady forgot what she asked for. <laughs> and I'm like, how did she forget you saying Coca-Cola? <laughs> she had to repeat it. Oh, my gosh. Oh, jeez. That's funny. Can I get a liter of cola? It's for a cop. <laughs> okay. All right. <clears throat> so, anyway... Will and Tessa go back and forth. He's bringing weapons to Charlotte and Henry. Benedict is sending the carriage for them to, since his is faster. It's, I mean, okay, maybe it's lighter. Maybe it has larger wheels, but is a carriage really? A better horse. Right. That's what I'm, like, it's the horse that matters, not the carriage, right? I don't Mm -hmm. know. What do I know? I'm a 21st century, yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't know. (laughs) So, blah, 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 bullshit, bullshit. Can I ask a question very, very quickly? Mm-hmm. Why is Will, schle- like, he's loaded, he's literally wearing mm-hmm. harnesses to hold these blades in, mm-hmm. to bring them down for Henry and Charlotte to take. Mm-hmm. But if he's loaded up, who's going to use them? Are they backup weapons that they're going to keep in the carriage? Because I'm assuming Henry's suited up, Charlotte's suited up. They're the two that are leaving. Benedict's coming from his house with his own weapons. What are the extra weapons for? Why is Will doing that? I don't know. I don't think I don't think Maybe Henry if they saw him, they'd let him oh. go. I, I don't think Henry and Charlotte have weapons. That's why they sent them to the weapons room to get weapons for them while they oh. while she contacted the clave. Henry went down to his lab, mm. then they got dressed, you. and then they brought the weapons to them. Okay. It seems like you'd want to put them in a bag. Well, maybe maybe he's giving them the holsters too. Okay, they're all loaded up. Oh, that's so he can fair. just like unbuckle them, them and then them. buckle them around them or whatever. I don't like know Batman. how holsters work. <laughs> yeah, I don't either. It seems like it'd be heavy, but it's like trying to put your own bracelet on. I'm just saying. <laughs> if we go back to it again, yeah. Omar and I are not wearing the same holster. <laughs> I suppose like, you can fit more weapons on yours. We'll just leave it there. I suppose Henry and Will are kind of the same size, though. Yeah. Anyway, that was a dumb Maybe question. Gem and Charlotte. That was dumb. No, it wasn't. You explained it perfectly. That's not dumb. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Look at that. So, yeah, bullshit, bullshit. Nobody cares about the logistics. All right. Because neither of them are going. So who cares? 
Mm-hmm. But then right. <laughs> Will is trying to re- reassure Tessa by telling her that it'll all be over um, after they kill DeQuincy. And they both realize like at the same time that killing DeQuincy also means that there's no reason for Tessa to stay at the Institute or even in London. Like. Exactly. Home alone face. <laughs> Sorry, I've got the burps. Alright. <clears throat> and then Tessa whips out this whopper of a line. She says, quote, unless there were a reason for me to stay. Girl, my heart. Like, why you put yourself he kissed you once in an attic and then like threw you away. <laughs> like literally pushed you away. <laughs> like, get the fuck away from me. <laughs> And then treated you like shit and tried to interrogate your brother, even if it hurt his mind. (laughs) She's just like, I love Will Smith. Bad boys for life. (laughs) Oh, no. I thought it was men in black. That's the men in. Here come the men in black. How cool did you you think you were singing that song and like. Oh, it was just the best. feeling it, dude. Yep. And you were like, yeah, I'm totally going to like wear a suit and like <laughs> when I'm older, I'm not going to wear yoga pants and have a stained shirt and sit at a desk in the corner of my house. <laughs> and I literally haven't gone anywhere in a week. You and I'm wearing the same just pants. You my life. I'm wearing the same my pants. My all week. Oh my god. Because they're my favorite pair of yoga pants. Oh my, oh my god, this is great. Oh my god. I swear that's everyone that works from home right now. Dude. I watched this TikTok and it was like uh-huh. things I hate about working from home, and it was like when your chair gets stuck on like your blanket gets stuck on your chair. Yeah. I was like, I feel that, dude. I feel that. For real. <laughs> Oh, oh my gosh. god okay Although, we can, i've we gotten can. to the point where i'm sitting on the couch <laughs> when i work we we have to like we're like an hour in we gotta get going we are so okay. bad good point all of us are just like i'm so let's tired just talk like, about nothing <laughs> okay so will's response is tessa he said please don't worry soon it will all be settled like what is that even supposed to mean? I don't because nothing will be settled for her. Her life will be completely uprooted. Right. Like wh- <laughs> not helpful, Herondale. No. <sighs> so there's this weird tension between the two, a total like charged moment. And then Tessa goes and fucking asks Will if he wants to go home to his family. What? Followed up by, what did they do to you? And he's like, they didn't do anything. And then just shuts down. As we know yep. he would. And Okay, listen. What? Tell me. Okay, I know you just said to get back on the rails, but I'm going to pull it off for a moment, but it's pointed. <laughs> okay. Point, point, poignant, okay? okay? My, this is a story that may or may not be true. And it's not great, but I'm going to tell it anyway. Oh, my God. My mom told me that my grandpa told her when he left his first wife 
he went to the store to buy a pack of cigarettes and just didn't come back home. <gasps> because she was a nag. She was a bitch and she was a nag and she just nagged me all the time. Don't nag your husband. Don't be a naggy wife. That's going to happen to you. <gasps> okay. So all I can think of is like, Tessa, quit nagging this man. <laughs> You're projecting like... your fucking trauma onto <laughs> Onto this literary character. But, like, okay, here's the thing. If you're trying to break the nutshell, I get it. You've known him for, like, two weeks. Right. Two weeks. You don't need to, like, exactly exhume the skeletons in his closet at the two-week mark. He hasn't given you his letterman's jacket. Right. Oh my god. Yeah. I just I don't You can't say anything to that. Just keep reading. It's fine. Yep. Yep. Dude, so your grandpa is the reason we have that story. He's yeah. the one. <laughs> the world has that He's story. the one. He's the reason. The word spread. <laughs> it got out. It did. <laughs> Word spread. So Tessa tries to call out and asks Will who Cecily is, which seems like a really weird time to bring up another chick. But okay. But Will's already rounded the corner. So, like, he didn't hear her or he did and he just kept walking. Yeah, which he should have. I I don't. (laughs) Tessa is not my favorite person right now. She's she's yeah, so really annoying me. smart and such like the perfect mm-hmm. well-rounded heroine. I just don't mm-hmm. like the whole I'm boy crazy for Will, so it makes me act like I'm crazy. Mm-hmm. Desperado. <laughs> can I can I give you guys a hot take right now? Tell me. I'm I'm gonna be like really honest. I don't really like Tessa. It's not that like, how can I say this without spoiling things? I, I, I like this, her story. I do. I really like her story. It's that I don't really connect with Tessa. There's certain things that I do, but like as an overall character, I don't, she's just not like, I don't. I'm following for everybody else. I'm following for all the other characters, not for Tessa. But honestly, I kind of feel like that with all of Cassandra Clare's female protagonists. I I don't I don't have like an emotional connection to them. I don't feel like oh my god, I have to know what happens to this person. I'm more concerned about I need to know what happens to Jem because he's the love of my life. So every scene, every page where his name's on just like automatically jumps out at my face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I accidentally typed Clary today instead of Tessa. So I 100% get you. And, and I don't know if it's just like maybe with the style of writing or maybe it's the age of the characters. Mm-hmm. Um, but like the protagonist isn't the focal point for me in really any of her books except you know maybe the um 
amalgamation ones or whatever. Okay, no, that's not true. I like Cordelia. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Me too. I, I, I like Cordelia. I'm thinking of the, uh, like, the first three, the Clary, Tessa, and Emma. I, mm-hmm. um, not going to spoil anything. I don't agree with choices that she makes. Mm. So I have a hard time with connecting with that. Yeah. But as of right now, in this book, and in contrast to Clary, she seems like she at least is smart. Mm-hmm. She has her head on her mm-hmm. shoulder. She's not running into, flailing into danger. Right. And there right. are things that I really like about her. Uh-huh. But it's just, I don't have an emotional connection to her. To me, Clary was written very like, she needed protection. She's tiny and she's dainty. She was written she like needs- a Bella Swan. For uh-huh. the first and three. I just, I'm this, yeah. Right. Which isn't totally like, obviously things change. Mm-hmm. But that first sort of like, and I can't relate to that because I'm a bull in a china shop. So <laughs> <laughs> that was, you know, anyway, yeah. thank you. I appreciate your hot take. Yeah. Anyway, I thought I'd share because, yeah. you know, we were just rolling off the rails. So Tessa goes back to the drawing room and, of course, wants the cheese may. So she goes to the window to watch Jem, Henry, Will, and Charlotte on the cor- in the courtyard. And they're all getting ready for the battle and shit. And Henry was giving himself an Arazzi. And Charlotte's telling the boys not to, like, kill themselves while she's gone and stuff. Okay. She's, like, <laughs> giving them their tasks. And uh, Tessa can see by Will's body language that he was being kind of a brat. Like, he really wants to go with them. Doesn't seem like Jem, like, yeah, maybe he wants to go, but she can really tell by Will's body language. He's he's being just a toddler about this. Uh-huh. And um, Nate tries to distract her and asks if she's sure she doesn't want to play cards with him and Jessamine. And um, when Tessa doesn't respond, Jessamine answers with a, she's sure. Just look at her. She's so disapproving. <sighs> Tessa's like, listen, bitch. <laughs> I'm just feeling the way a normal person would when they care about people that are leaving to go into battle. <laughs> like she's concerned. She doesn't feel like playing cards and being yeah. lighthearted. And Justin's like, yeah, I know you told us already. So just don't worry. Okay. Like they do this all the time. It's no big deal. <laughs> so Jem comes around the corner and tells, he tells Tessa, like he reassures her that we don't say goodbye to shadow hunters before they go into battle. You act like it's no big deal. Like basically Justin's sort of right. You just act like you're going to see them soon. <laughs> like they're going to grab a gallon of milk from the corner store. <laughs> Hope they come back. <laughs> Hope they come back. I'm like Robin's grandpa. <laughs> oh my gosh. Shy of surprise. Mwah, chef's kiss. <laughs> so. <coughs> Sorry. <coughs> gosh. Will chimes in with... um. The shadow hunter shit saying that like shadow hunters don't need luck because they have God on their side and you know they're from they have heavenly whatever and just a bunch of like Jace type stuff. Right. <laughs> they're just above everything. Herondale's gonna Herondale. <laughs> yep. Exactly. <laughs> and Jessamine can feel the mood shifting and she's like the focus isn't on me so everyone better either join our card game or shut the fuck up okay. <laughs> 
And um, they all like discuss which game they're playing. And um, for some reason, Will con- sort of confronts Nate about his tea being just brandy. He's like, is that pure brandy? Right? And Nate looks a little embarrassed. And he's like, well, brandy's restorative. So it's cool. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, I'm supposed to be resting, right? Right. So he's drinking <laughs> and playing cards. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Little fucker. Just jumping right back in. Right. Jessamine starts defending Nate's drinking, of course, and um, turns the tables on Will and Jem, telling them that they are both basically you're just butthurt that you got left behind. So leave Nate alone. Just leave Nate alone. Thank you. (laughs) Just then they're saved by the bell. (laughs) They hear the summoning bell. And um, of course, Tessa wants to know what it is because it sounds like a church bell. And uh, it means that someone wants to see a shadow hunter. So basically, it's like a really loud, cool doorbell. <laughs> yep. Because who else would be in the building to answer the door? <laughs> I guess Thomas. Yeah. But anyway, you get my drift. <laughs> so Will and Jem go answer the door. Um, and Will, I think it was Will, says something about, well, since we're the only shadow hunters here. But he says it sort of as a slight to see if Jessamine even says anything. And she doesn't even care. Like, she doesn't claim to be a shadow hunter. She wants nothing to do with it. You guys go answer the door. It's fine. She's like, not me. Bye. (laughs) Yeah. And um, so Tessa notices that Nate and Jessamine stopped pretending like they were going to play cards. They just started leaning close to each other and talking in low, low voices. And it's sort of like what Kristen was saying earlier. Like, what the hell are they saying? They don't have anything in common. Uh-huh. What could they even be talking about? <sighs> like, what kind of sandwiches did you have made right? for us? <laughs> <laughs> I really like this brandy you put in my tea. Mm. Water. <laughs> Anyway, Tessa was um, internally disappointed in Nate that he hasn't become more thoughtful after this experience. Like, he's just jumping right back into his same shit, falling for chicks and being, trying to be, like, obviously he's playing cards and drinking. Mm -hmm, So she's just disappointed in him. And um, so she goes back to the window, and Tessa can see Will and Jem in the courtyard, and she sees a man dressed in evening wear and notices the coach that he has with him is labeled Mortmain and Company. And, of course, she's worried that, um, like, why Mortmain's here and maybe it will affect Nate. She doesn't want to tell Nate. So she's able to sneak out of the room without either Nate or Jessamine noticing, which is just so funny. Like, I don't – I mean, maybe the drawing room's big. For some reason, I was picturing it in this moment as a bedroom size. But it's probably a living yeah, room Yeah, like size. a parlor or something. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So I guess it'd probably be easier to sneak out. I was like, how did they not hear that? They're, they're canoodling <laughs> they're by right the piano there. forte. Yes. <laughs> so when she gets downstairs, Thomas is standing in the doorway with a fucking sword. <laughs> <laughs> like the god he is. Like, like Thor. Yeah. yeah. The god of thunder. I was thinking Mortal Kombat for some reason, but Thor sounds mm-hmm. better. It's a hammer. <laughs> um, so Tessa, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's made of Adamus. Uh-huh. Don't worry. <laughs> Tessa just, no, Tessa. So Tessa asks him. Sorry. I was going to say a stupid joke. Move uh, on. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I like jokes. Um, Tessa asks him what's going on. 
But he just tells her that Mortmain wants to talk to Charlotte and Henry. Like, that's all. That's the gist that he's gotten. So Tessa gets past Thomas after a little bit of kind of sparring between the two of them and um, walks up in time to hear Mortmain telling Will and Jem about the meeting he had with Charlotte and Henry uh, and something about keeping it a secret. Like, I noticed they kept it a secret or something. <coughs> He's weird. He's a weird dude. And Will's like, yeah, they didn't tell the Enclave about your little club. Okay? Like, we're cool. <laughs> Mortmain um, sees Tessa, and he's like, ooh, la, la, who is this? <laughs> it's not how he said it. <laughs> like, Pepe Le Pew. Says, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why? I don't know. <laughs> uh, Will says exactly what he should have, in my opinion, because Tessa totally deserves it. And I quote, Tessa, he said, couldn't keep your nose out, could you? Uh-huh. <laughs> it's exactly right. <laughs> so he introduces Tessa to, as Nate's sister, which I don't know. To me, it just seems like you might want to keep that information hidden. But I guess it doesn't really matter. I don't know. Anyway. You just be like, he was kind of like a fugitive a little bit. Maybe keep Nate like just your little secret for a right. little while, you know. <sighs> so she starts barking at Mar- Mortmain um, that he can't see Nate. <laughs> like, I don't know why you're here, but don't even think about it. And Mortmain um, says that he's not there to see Nate. But Tessa continues to tell him um, that he should have looked for Nate. And I'm just like, girl, not everyone has to be responsible for your adult right. brother. Okay, like not everyone has to jump and start looking for him as soon as and he's gone. And what's done is and done. So her thing was like, well, the thing is, it's like exactly, it's over. He, he sorry, <laughs> sound like a broken record. He <laughs> had a job, right? Uh huh. Uh huh. He flaked out on that job to go gambling and drinking at the Pandemonium Club. Mm-hmm. Pandemo, I just said that weird. Mortmain must have known he was there because he was a member, and so. He was like, yeah, Nate didn't, hasn't showed up because he's like three sheets to didn't the wind. Didn't he leave a note or something that he got a new job? It just seems silly Maybe that I'm he would have, like, I'm not going to go to the owner of my company. Like, I don't know. It just seems weird. Yeah, yeah. I agree. It's very strange. Her expectations for everyone else are so high and nothing for Nate. Yep. Yep. It's crazy. Yeah. Yep. Oh, so Mortmain agrees. Quick, quick real oh, quick. Go ahead. Uh, we I saw it come through an Instagram message. Someone was asking us if there was a connection between the Pandemonium Club in the Infernal Devices and the Pandemonium mm. Club in TMI. And I'm assuming <coughs> that it's it was like one of those things that was like a secret society back in the day and then like has been kind of like adopted as like the uh-huh. nightclub or whatever. I'm sure there's some downworlder. I'm sure it's a downworlder haunt, but I think it's like a tongue-in-cheek kind of situation. I agree. Than necessarily, it's like we have them. a Dante's Inferno or something like yeah. that here. Like that's what it makes. Me it's think basically of. Yeah. like sh- it's downworlder sh- sh- uh, hipsters. <laughs> <laughs> there's an ex ex excerpt excerpt. I don't know how to say it. Mm-hmm. About it on the wiki. Mm. Okay. Um, it says, in modern times, um, aside from the name, it is not directly related or connected to the similarly named nightclub in New York City. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Interesting. <clears throat> well, for some reason, 
Mortmain agrees with Tessa. <laughs> and um, he came to the Institute to make up for what he's done, which I find weird mm. that he's there to make it up. Like, he's not there to see Nate, so he's making it up to the Institute mm-hmm. not and the Shadowhunters, not Nate. Like, I don't know. It just seems like a weird thing to do. But anyway, Jem is like, so how would you make up for it? Like, basically, he's probably thinking the same thing I am. Like, this seems weird. So Mortmain tells Tessa that her parents were good people and he regrets introducing them to the down world. And so his repayment is to tell them what he knows um, about like the De Quincey stuff and everything going on, even if it means that he has to run away. So I don't know. I think it's weird that he like he jumps right in feet first, but he's willing to tell a couple of teenagers this like sensitive story that he might have to run away for telling. Doesn't make okay, any sense. Here's the thing. I'm going back on kind of what if he's saying he owes that much he's gonna give up his entire business all this money all this stuff to go into hiding then he would have been looking for Nate yeah that's a good point I don't know yeah well also like can we trust anything this guy says like we already know that Nate was around in De Quincey's orbit for like a half a second, right? Before he mm-hmm. found a way to get Nate indebted to him and then forced him to call his sister from New York to, to London and, and all this stuff. So if De Quincey is able to do that to somebody in the blink of an eye, what about this guy Mortmain who's been a part of the Pandemonium Club since before Tessa was even born? Yeah. Like, what is, what does De Quincey have on this guy? Like, how do we not know that, like, there's not, like, some fucking tax fraud that he's trying to avoid? Like, we don't know. Yeah. We don't know. Something. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It does. I it, feel like. It seems like interesting I feel timing. like anyone associated with the Pandemonium Club has to be looked at with a certain level of suspicion. Like, can yeah. I roll a deception check? Of course. <laughs> like, <laughs> for real dude <laughs> awesome okay so um Mortmain says basically the De Quincey story on his side is that De Quincey bought some mechanical parts from Mortmain and he didn't think anything of it to begin with but after the Nephilim came like Henry and Charlotte came um asking questions he started investigating and he's not against shadow hunters, so he can't back to Quincy and what he's doing. But now he sees like everything that's going on. So he goes on about the Dark Sisters, but they obviously already know their involvement. Uh-huh. They're like, yeah, we know. <laughs> so Mortmain, what, the thing he is able to tell them that they didn't know is that the Dark Sister that Will had killed has been brought to life, back to life with by her other sister using dark magic. And um, so he believes that the Dark Sister will try to complete this spell on the automatons tonight. Which isn't what Nate said. Didn't Uh he say that? He thought something was happening tonight. So some of it's... The only thing they really learned is that there's another Shadow Hunter. Or another Dark Sister. That's it. (laughs) Thanks, Maureen. You didn't give us much info. Oh, see, I was like, back back again. (laughs) Back to life. Back to reality. Ah, yeah. <laughs> I guess he also did tell them where the Dark Sisters are located. So that's helpful. Yeah. So now they know at least where they're doing this spell. 
So Will's like, eh, thanks for the info, but De Quincey won't be a problem after tonight. And Mortmain's like, ooh, tell me everything. I need to know. Is the clave going after the magister tonight? I don't know why I keep trying to give him a little bit of an it's accent. Okay. I don't know. Anyway. Why um, is Will telling Will basically people the plan? That's what I'm saying. Literally, like, why? He's already basically told De Quin- or Mortmain, yeah, that that's what they're doing, but then won't tell him definitively it just right? he wants to feel like he's is he's parlaying he's in charge yeah so he wants to feel important so this is will's ego yes yeah gotcha gem's probably just sitting back going shut the fuck up dude shut up it. stop it <laughs> uh yeah so he um so Mortmain's like, yeah, I guess he won't tell me, whatever. So just know that De Quincey has hundreds of these creatures. And once the spell is activated, they will turn into an army. And um, the only real way to defeat them, because there's so many of them, would be to take them out before the spell is completed, before they're activated. And so Mortmain is at least able to tell them the location of the Dark Sisters, like I said. And then is basically just like dismissed by Will and Jem. <laughs> Okay, bye. And Mortmain's like, but, but, but are you going to tell me something? Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. tell me something, please. I got to know. And they basically just tell him to get lost. Bye, like, Felicia. You you should probably just go somewhere else just in case the magister finds out that you talked. Like, it's time for a vacation. Mm-hmm. Okay, boo? You, you're tired. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> These are not the drones you right. seek. <laughs> So Will decides they need to go after the Dark Sisters. If what Mortmain says is correct, they have hundreds of clockwork creatures rather than a few dozen like Nate had suggested. So they really need to make sure the spell doesn't work. So Will also decides for everyone that there's no way to tell Charlotte and Henry beforehand. <laughs> um, so he and he totally believes that he and Jem alone can handle the two Dark Sisters since Will was able to take one out on his own. He's like one on one, you know, we got this, which... I don't know. Anyway, they're just whatever. Mm -hmm. Obviously, we'll find out. But Tessa is like, well, what if Mortmain's wrong? And Jem basically tells her it's not worth the risk. They have to act. So she offers to go. But then there's this huge like back and forth between her and Will. And Will is completely adamant that she stays back. Mm. Yep. No, girl. It's a no from me, dog. My name is no. Yeah. By the time Will and Jim were ready to bring the noise, it was dark out, and Tessa was standing on the steps in full Molly Weasley fashion. I'm picturing, like, hands on hips. There's a shawl <laughs> draped over her shoulders. Like, she's in mom mode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's looking down at the Shadow Hunter duo, making their final preparations. And Thomas, of course, is there helping them get ready. We find out that Thomas had wanted to come with but Will told him that they didn't want him to get punished for colluding in their shenanigans. And someone should be at, like, the man in the house to protect the Institute. And no, Nate does not count. <laughs> okay, I took that as, like, somebody's got to be a man. Like, yep, real <laughs> diggy twist the knife kind of. Yep. <laughs> Boom. What? Okay. Tessa's on the steps watching her two crushes stare at each other intently. And of course, she's thinking about what Jem had told her earlier. No goodbyes and no good lucks would exchange between them. Then Jem turns around and runs up the steps to her. 
feel like he's wasting energy here. Right. Just for the record. <laughs> his power Worth bar it. is taking down from these steps. <laughs> he needs a potion to replenish his hit points. Uh-huh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Channeling her inner Robin, her mantra. She decides the best course of action is to apologize for saying goodbye. But the whole thing just felt awkward. Like she didn't know what else to do. And Jim smoothly grabs her hand and kisses the back of it, saying Mizpa. I don't know if that's how you say it. That's how I'm going to say it. And Tessa's shocked, obviously. And she's like, wait, what? <laughs> wait, what, what? And so then he explains that it's like a goodbye without a goodbye, saying um, it's a passage for the from the Bible. And he quotes, in Mizpah, for he said, the Lord watch between me and thee when we are absent from any, another. Mm. And on that note, motherfucker just walks away. He's just like, resonate with that. Vibe with my vibes, babe. Dude, I can't even control myself right now. <laughs> this is like... For me right now, this is almost like the Darcy hand flex from Pride and Prejudice 2005. Okay. I guarantee you there is at least one listener who is driving to work right now, listening to this, nodding their head, going, yep, I know what you're talking about, the hand flex. (laughs) (laughs) A man is just thinking about that touch and drag from Andy. Yeah. yeah. Well, to me, I just feel like I'm kind of a shadow hunter because um, I make sure my family knows I love them every day. So every time I say bye to someone, I tell them I love them. And um, that just makes me a shadow hunter, right? Because I just want to always be prepared. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck the Girl Scouts. Obviously. (laughs) Yeah. Wait, I think that's the the Boy Scouts thing, isn't it? I don't, I feel like it's the mom <coughs> scouts because you always got to be prepared for death. Fruit snacks. Also. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, you guys, yep. can I tell you something really fucked up? Yes. That happened? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Even after all of the macking from Jim, Tessa's still staring at Will in the distance, <sighs> who she thinks like he's barring his fist at his side, like he looks like angsty. But she can't be sure because when Jim gets to him, everything's right as rain and they head off into the city. And I want to know why. Do you think they took a whole ass carriage instead of just riding a horse each? Like maybe they only have one horse. Maybe they want to blend into society so they aren't noticed. I don't know. I just think dragging an entire carriage would make for a slow getaway if it was needed. Right. That's a good point. Well, okay, but I wonder, so, like, they're armed. So if they were to glamour themselves, it would just be empty horses traveling down the road. You know what I mean? So I wonder if they need the, the carriage opposite. to hide themselves. <laughs> it's the headless horseman. Yeah, except it's they're the riderless the horseman. Except it's not a horse. It's just Thomas. You got two halves as a coconut. You're banging them together. Okay, but I have okay. I have questions about this because I can never fucking figure is 
Will facing away from them or like facing towards them when this happens? The exchange? Yeah. I think Jem walked away and he looked back and he's like, where you going, bro? So he's staring at them with his hands like this. Fisted, yeah. Because she doesn't ever talk about his face. So I thought that maybe he was turned back. Okay. I think he's watching it go down. Okay. But like, it's about to go like So what is, what's, what is it? Is it that like he's into Tessa or that like he already kissed her so he feels like he called dibs? Because he doesn't seem to want her. At least his behavior is not saying so. He's like, Jim, get in the fucking carriage. Right? Mom, you said get in the car 10 minutes ago and you're still fucking chatting. Yeah. Put your shoes on. But damn. And and Tessa even says that, like, it took her. She, like, there was a jolt. There was a zing. She had a zing. Uh-huh. She's, they zinged. Uh-huh. She said, <laughs> zing once. You know, and she was like, one. take my breath away. Oh, boy. I can't sing. So, I just sound, that either. sounded like a whale. <laughs> you speak whale? Yeah. Dory really does speak whale. <laughs> Fucking Marlin. He's such a dick. <gasps> Dude, I know. Salty ass old Not man. Not a fan. Anyway, Sophie yeah. and Agatha are waiting for Tessa at the top of the stairs. And Tessa's feeling some definite shade from Sophie. Which she's just like, oh, Sophie's acting like an oak tree and being all shady, but I don't know why. Like, bitch, you know why. Exactly. You know why. Even if, even if it's not your intention, you didn't, you know what I mean? To have Jem do that, you know why. Don't be dumb. Right. You took three months to figure out. Okay, not three months, but like however long you've been here since you had the initial conversation, you took that long to figure out. Like why she would be acting like this when we fucking knew on like mm-hmm. chapter six yep <sighs> anyway it's mean agatha goes and heaves the door shut but immediately the handle begins to turn on its own accord and mm-hmm. sophie smells a rat and everyone is like bros this is suspicious as fuck the boys literally just left then the door swings open and this rando dude is standing in the doorway and it looks like a dude, but it is most definitely a robot. And the girls are paralyzed in fear, knowing they should move, but physically being unable to, which is just like heebie-jeebies. No. And the robot must have been. <laughs> Sorry. Yep. I just, like, no. Paralysis. <laughs> yeah. That's all no. I could think of. Yeah. Like you're falling in your dream. Yeah. Nope. I don't like it. So, the robot must have been taking notes from our homeboy Shia LaBeouf because number one, he's brandishing a knife, and number two, he's looking at <laughs> the shadows. <laughs> oh, this is great! I'm so, sorry to your robot ears. <laughs> LaBeouf grabs Agatha's wrist and reaches up and just fucking stabs her right in the chest, man. He's just like, ha ha, gotcha, bitch. And then pulls it out. Kill the cook, bro. And lets her fall to the floor and just Mike drops out of there. He's done. So Sophie rushes to help Agatha and Tessa runs to the door 
And Robot LaBeouf is walking out of the courtyard, leaving her head reeling. But there's no time to waste thinking about what the fuck just happened. Tessa has to act. So she rang the summoning bell and went in to help Sophie carry Agatha further inside because they're like right by the door. And Sophie starts to bandage her by ripping up her apron, which has got to be hard. Like, she's got to be fucking strong. We know she's strong. Mm -hmm. Anyway. 100%. um, Karen, all those Agatha tells them, she's like, yeah, dude. All that uh, cure. Cure. (laughs) Just song lyrics pouring out. An eyeliner. Guy liner. Dude. Yep. So, Agatha's confused. She's like, guys, I'm dying here because somebody just literally stabbed my chest cavity. But I've got to tell you, <laughs> I don't understand what the fuck just happened because only someone with shadow hunter blood should be able to, like, turn that doorknob. And Tessa's like, you guys, Robot LaBeouf did, in fact, have shadow hunter blood. <laughs> Because of gems from the battle the night prior. And that must have been why he buried Goldberg out of there when he had it. <laughs> so it's she started to stand. To it's, yep. Which to me, it seems like it's, anyway. She starts to stand when the bar holding the door closed, cracked, and fell to the ground. And a mob of clockwork thugs stood in the doorway and down the steps. And these automatons were definitely slapped together with a patchwork of human skin and machinery parts. Like, they were not perfected. Some even had random metal objects instead of arms. Like, one of them had a freaking saw. Not into that. (laughs) Nope. No thanks. It's kind of Pass. It's like Mr. Potato Head. Pass. (laughs) So, Tessa tries to close the door, but of course she's no match. So, it easily flies open again. And this time, dislodging itself from the hinges... Freeing the path for the clockwork creatures to stream in. In scene. You just sit on that for a moment, guys. Yeah, thanks. Meanwhile, Will and Jim start to pull up to the mansion in Highgate. And the house is huge and foreboding. And Will, Will feels tension and adrenaline thinking about their battle to come. And he thinks about how they're close to the gravel pit woods where thousands of bodies were buried during the plague. And because of that, their angry shades haunted the neighborhood even now. And Will had been sent up there more than once because of them. And, like, could you imagine? No. You're living there and reading this? Nope. Like, you live there right now. You're reading this in this book. Like, I would stop everything I was doing and fire up the Google machine. In fact, I might still do that after we've done here because holy creep factory. Yeah, no. No thanks. (laughs) No, I don't want that. I think I would fire up the moving. (laughs) (laughs) Right? So Jem opens the gate with a little, like, rune action. And this time, Will's admiring his rippling muscles. Mm. And he goes into the overgrown <laughs> garden up to the door. And Will names the spare Seraph Blade, thought of Tessa as it burned bright. And he remembers her talking about how hell was cold. Because, like, he's like, oh, every time I see this blade, like, I feel like it should be hot. Because it's, like, light, but it's, like, cold. And this totally reminds me of, like, Tessa. Because she's, like, so smart, and she, like, quotes books like I do. Oh, my God. I just love poetry. It's a part of me. Anyway, they quickly make their way into the unlocked house and arrive in this dilapidated foyer. And Jem tells Will that something feels off when this creepy sound starts resonating through the house, causing the runes on Will's shoulders to burn and the chandelier to rattle. 
And Will tells Jim, like, we're not alone. No fucking shit, mm-hmm. bro. And right. <laughs> You're in a house full of dark magic. Right. Something's seriously wrong here. So they stand back to back <laughs> at the ready. And at the top of the stairs, a shadowy figure descends, the noise getting louder like a crescendo. And it took a moment, but they finally realized that the shape was Mrs. Dark in a shapeless dark robe, a lantern swinging from her hand. At least they thought it was a lantern until they realized that it was actually her sister's severed hand. And Will hand. calls Jim to attention. Hand. No, H-A-N-D. head. It's her severed head. Hey. Okay. <laughs> I know. I was How would you? Get, that's an identifying that factor. That's fair. Okay. Joey's <laughs> hand model from Vegas. <laughs> that's what it is. <laughs> okay, you guys, it's it's her head. <laughs> I was, you know what? I was just testing you to see if you guys were listening to me. I like <laughs> it. Would you like to hey, speak to you- my manager now? I hate when people do that. <laughs> I was just testing you. Okay, anyway, I, I was confused when I was writing this. I got so confused <laughs> that I wrote down what it said in the book because I didn't understand what was going on. But this all makes a lot more sense now, so thanks. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just going to roll with it. So Will calls Jim to attention, and they both are like, oh, oh, damn. So I'm going to read the next part because I have to. Yeah, and yeah. I said I have to, but I didn't explain. And it was because I didn't understand. Anyway, Jem looked and swore too. Mrs. Black's head dangled from a plate of gray hair, which Mrs. Dark clutched as if it were a priceless artifact. The head's eyes were open and perfectly white like boiled eggs. Its mouth hung open too, a line of dried black blood threading from the corner of the lips. And thanks to the Penguins of Madagascar movie, I can only read the next line in John Malkovich's voice. Naughty, naughty, pretty birds belong in their cages. But when <laughs> Mrs. She still says naughty, naughty. So anyway, what she's actually trying to say is that Will and Jim are basically Fred and Shaggy, and they're two meddling kids that are trying to get in the way of her necromancy. And she is utterly alone, and they probably have bigger fish to fry, and she just needs them to get out. Yes. <laughs> get Mommy off my lawn. I've, so I've got woo woo shit to do. It's a full moon. I'm busy. Can't I'm you busy. see the crystals? Yes. And the feather? Uh, I don't know what that it's, is. It's for, <laughs> it's for the smoke. Otherwise, how are you going to direct your energy? Obviously. Okay, okay. You noob. Totally. <laughs> so, my bad. Jim tells her as in mrs dark this bitch as much as necromancy sorry (laughs) as much as necromancy is illegal they're really more concerned about the whole binding demon energy to the clockwork army thing and mrs dark is like say what (laughs) but will tells her that there's no point in feigning ignorance they know what she's up to all of it Right down to her service to the Magister, who, by the way, the Enclave is tracking to his hiding place as we speak. And by the end of the night, he's going to be gone. Mm-hmm. Gone, girl. Gone. So go wash your face. Like a freight train. And Mrs. Dark asks them how they managed to find the, man- the Magister. Magister. 
man. I, I do that too. How would you? I can't help it. Sheboykin. <laughs> and Will, using all of his cocky teenage powers, channeling it all, tells her that De Quincey might have escaped from them once, but not this time. Mm. And But before he could finish his thought, he was cut off by Mrs. Dark's laughter, which is 1,000% sounds like Kristen's wheezing. You mm. cannot convince me otherwise. As she tells them... That they're stupid fools for thinking that De Quincey, quote, that pouncing, preening vampire is a magister. Ooh. What? You. Tell me more. Tell me ben. more. Served? I don't know what. I was going to say. Magister. Crossed. You've been double crossed. You've been hoodwinked. Yeah. Ah, hoodwinked. Yeah. I like it. You've been taken for a ride. Uh-huh. Bamboozled. Swindled. Bamboozled. Will you tell me more next week? I will. Oh, hey, quick que- quick question before we go. Fuck, Mary kill. Jace mm-hmm. Alec Magnus. that's hard Mm -hmm. do you know that literally not one person in the entire world fucking likes you (laughs) yeah my mom told me that every day of my life (laughs) (laughs) okay i think i'll have to go with um fuck magnus Mary J's kill <gasps> Alec. Robin, what's your choice? I think. I think. Um, I think I'd marry Magnus. Kill Alec. Yep. He's kind of whiny. I don't know. <gasps> Where are we at? <laughs> no, you know. You've read all the books. You know. Am I, but am I supposed to be on my knowledge that I have now as podcasting? Or no. Or is this my shadow hunter knowledge as your, a person? Your, your whole shadow hunter knowledge as a person. And you even get to picture <sighs> Matthew so Daddario. Okay, okay. <laughs> not the, like, I'm not playing Snape fair. Vibes he kind of gives I'm out really in the books. Yeah. <sighs> I think I'd kill Jason. Okay, that's my 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 mm-hmm. call is um fuck Magnus, marry Alec, kill Jace. Okay. Although I I, I could hold. switch Magnus and Alec. It, yeah, me too. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. I was just thinking because I'm a mortal and I want to be with another mortal. It's, yeah. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Otherwise I would definitely marry mm-hmm. him. Unless I, mean, I decide like to become the- a vampire. All bets are off. Yep. But I'd have to like kill Jace by drinking his blood because I'd want to be a daylighter. (laughs) Yes. Dude, look at that. You have everything lined up. It's beautiful. She's like, no thought went into this at all. (laughs) Off the cuff. (laughs) Off the cuff, guys. Right. I've never had these thoughts before I went to bed or in the shower. Nope. 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 Never. Okay, so make sure that you've read chapter 18, 30 pieces of silver for next week's episode. 
For behind the scenes content and the latest updates, check us out on Instagram at Downworlder Dish Podcast. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.